Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 118. Hi guys, back again, and um, so I found another great guest, and again, I just, I try to tell you where I find everyone, and again, it's Podmatch, um, it's just been a, you know, a godsend for this show, and, and, you know, for a lot of other people as well, just to connect, and now I'm starting to kind of reach out to other podcasters to be on their shows, so um, I just found a guy who only calls himself the blind blogger, and so um, hopefully we'll do like a cross promotion thing and whatever. But uh, as far as our next guest, I found her, and you know we got to we we literally just started talking, getting to know each other, and um, there's some parallels because she has a condition that my grandfather had and all, and so I just would love to have her on. She seems like a very sweet person, so uh, you want to like tell us your name and you know a little about yourself. You betcha. My name is Patty Bevilacqua. I live in British Columbia, Canada. I uh, started my dream job in September 1989 as a high school physical education teacher. And March 1990, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Uh, Ten years later, I left the job, the only job only job I ever, 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 ever wanted 10 years later. And uh, it's taken me a while, but I have a newfound purpose now, and that is um, helping people, especially women with multiple sclerosis, to change their mindset and live every day as their best self. Right. Now, before we kind of delve into your story a little more, why women specifically? Is is there a difference in women and men, or is there a difference in mentality? Or why why specifically mm-hmm. women? Right. So in Canada, <clears throat> out of every four people that are diagnosed with MS, three are women. And Canada has one of the highest incidents in the world. So uh, that's the angle I've taken. Ah, okay. So it's more frequent where you live. Or is it more frequent in general? Like, is it a condition that hits women harder than it does men? Yeah, I think overall, yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of comes to, to be the goal now where it's just there's so just advocating. Like, you have to do your part. And we always, I don't know, I... I I always try to tell the people, like, you know, it's the whole when a door shuts in your face, you have to, you know, another one will open up. It's just you have to find which door that is that's unlocked uh, or, exactly. you know, crept open. And, you know, of course, you, you, you yep. had your dream job and you have to you had to quit and all or retire and, you know, unfortunate. But you found a new passion because that's that's and again, that's what I've talked about so many times, which is our superpower as a person with a disability. We have to figure out a way to use it to not only inspire the ones that are like us, but inspire people around us. Cause you know, I, I'm sure you would agree. There's people that you've come in contact with disability or not just people where you have a good conversation with and their energy, their aura is just very positive and you feel good around them and you may not know anything about them. Exactly. Yeah. Very true. Absolutely. Very true. And, uh, it, it, you know, the conversations, as you said, whether they have a disability or not, um, the conversations 
always end up being a real good experience for both people in my in my uh, experience. Um, I get a sense of whether or not I want to, you know, continue on uh, after the first few minutes. And the majority of the time, it it's excellent. You know, we learn from each other and knowledge is power. And uh, it's just a way to make society and the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember one time my mom, like she, she she's she been on the show because I had her tell her version of when I was so medicated and nearly dying and all these things. And, um, right. and, and but she, she listens to the show and, you know, sometimes I'll ask certain questions that only a person with a disability would feel comfortable enough with asking it. Because I'm just, I, I, you know, I would like to pay, you know, as I said so many times, the irony of me having a vision problem is I'm a very visual person. And then the fact that it's an audio format, I like to paint the best picture possible. And so sometimes I'll ask questions and, you know, my mom's like, I can't believe you asked that. It's like, no, because I actually care. Like I give a shit about the person yeah. and I want them to be, I want them to put every part of their story that they're comfortable with because there's always that one person out there that may have the same stories. Maybe they're a woman, maybe they have MS. And if you were to, I don't know, take one or two steps out of what you went through, it it's kind of disingenuous because then now they think that they're the only one that went through that. And you, you gotta, you yeah. gotta put your whole story out there cause that really helps. And to me, I'd rather just be super honest. And if someone gets mad at me, they get mad at me. Not that I'm asking, you know, really personal questions, mm-hmm. but you know, a disability is very personal, but I, I just want right. someone to understand what we go through in every detail. Exactly. And it's about planting a seed, right? Yeah. So, um, we live in a small town and we have, a. Uh, uh, pub close by that on Fridays they have a really awesome prime rib dinner uh-huh. and so and my husband had a couple of beer and I had my couple of club sodas and uh, and we left got home when we got home our two dogs had emptied their toy box there were dog <laughs> toys all over the place okay the doorbell rings Paul answers it, Patty, it's for you. So I have to negotiate my way through all these dog toys. And who's at the door? The police officer. And he says to me, why are you walking that way? And I said, because I have MF. And he said, what? I have MF. So somebody at the pub phoned the cop to say that I drove away and that I was drunk. Oh, 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 Jesus Christ. I didn't see that coming. I was trying to figure, I was trying to predict, like, where the hell is this going? Okay, wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But and it, when we share that story it, with other people, you know, they're the same as you. They try and figure it out. Right. And they they can't believe that that's actually where it ends up. Right. And it's, it's humiliating, but like every person with a disability has a story, maybe not involving the police or, you know, drunk driving, but something to that effect where it just, it takes all your confidence as a person with a disability because you could be having the best day. And look, our disability Mm -hmm. already humbles us and and strips us of our confidence on, you know, every so often, even when we're feeling very pretty or we're feeling, you know, whatever, just feeling, feeling good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But people, mm-hmm. I think, you know, and most people with disabilities will agree, like, a lot of times the disability isn't the hardest part. It's everything else that goes along with it. It's the, 
you know, the, the job market where people don't want to hire us. It's, it's the discrimination. It's, it's just the ignorance of what people go through, just kindness and all these things. It makes our disability so much harder because we already know we have it hard, but we kind of thrive in yeah. that. We, we find a way to, to survive, or at least a lot of us do. And when, when oh, things, yeah. things like that happen to you, it, it's, it's just, even though you, you can endure it and you can take it and it probably made you stronger, but it, it you got to, you know, at the time, it, I'm sure it really, it just stung like, ugh. Oh yeah, it it it, it was really quite uh, amazing that it happened like that, and uh, you know I'm not the first and I'm not the last, right? Right. But that but that's so, why you're such a, a good example of someone who can you know, you're fighting for not only women but just MS because now, hopefully, whatever you check out in this world, hopefully that that no one else has to go through that, even if it's in your country or in your town. Um, hopefully, and that's the thing with us, like people who are advocating and putting ourselves out there, we're doing it. So, you know, we're taking all the humiliation, we're taking all the, whatever the bumps that come with it so that others don't have to down the road generations after don't have to deal with this shit because it's, it's, look, it sucks. You know, we can, we can brush it off and we can, we can endure it because we've been doing this for a long time. Um, but you know, it's, it still sucks and I don't want anyone else to go through it. No, exactly. You know, we have the opportunity to make it just a little better for the next person coming along. And that's a great feeling. Yeah, of course. Um, So before we kind of delve into, you know, how it impacts you on a daily basis, why did you want to be a teacher and a high school teacher at that? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Excellent question. Um, I I try. (laughs) Yeah. You're doing a great job. I uh, always wanted to be a teacher uh, since I could remember. But when I was in grade nine, my high school hired a husband and wife physical education uh, couple. And uh, I, I, I decided I wanted to be just like Carol. I wanted to be exactly like her. I wanted to teach PE and have that influence on others like she has on me. She took a real keen interest in me and uh, provided me with a lot of leadership opportunities. Um, she uh, helped me apply to university. She, she's just, she's, she's a huge mentor for me. She did her master's at the University of Oregon. I did my master's at the University of Oregon. She did her PhD. I did my PhD. And it's because of her. And uh, when I started teaching PE, my relationship with my students was more important than anything else. And... uh, and my approach to teaching was always to to make a difference in somebody's life, whether it be now or a little later on or whenever. And uh, so that was that was my plan. That was my goal. And that was that was everything for me. Now, when you say physical education, do you mean working with special needs children, or do you mean like like like? you know, physical activities like gym and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Gym. Right. Uh, yep. Now, why, why, why was that such, 
like why was that something you wanted to get into? Were you a very athletic person? Um, I actually wasn't. I was. I. I. I had a great uh, work ethic. I was always committed. Um, a team player. I played every single sport all through high school. Um, for example, soccer. Well, I hate running. So, you know, to go out and play soccer was a bit of a challenge, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to be part of that team. And um, just so many great things came out of Zed for me, even at university. Um, it just gave me a whole different perspective on, um, you know, the kids who are smart in the academics right. are very different from the kids who are not, but they excel in PE because it focuses on a different kind of strength for them. And that means a lot to me because I wasn't your natural born athlete. Um, I, I just tried hard and did my best. And that's really all I wanted out of the kids that I taught is just do your best, have a great attitude and, uh, we'll get along just fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's a trickle down effect because if your teacher has good energy and, and has this good attitude, it could translate to your students. Obviously it depends on what kind of students you get and you never know what kind of, I mean, you can't, they're not all perfect. They're not all great, but um, what, what were some things that you were trying to like instill in the students as far as, you know, obviously this is pre MS. So was there certain, yes. know, were you trying to get certain things out of them? Cause it's high school and obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of preparing them for the, the, the big world that's ahead of them, but it's also physical activities and not mental. So what were you, you know, what were some things that you were trying to teach them? Right. The biggest thing um, that I learned in my first year of teaching, um, our P department was two women and two men, and we were all on the same page. And we used being a student, right now being a student is your job. Mm -hmm. So if you're filling an application um, and they ask you, what are you currently doing? You're going to put students. So let's talk about what kind of habits and attitudes will you need to be successful uh, working, whatever work. And, and, you know, the focus wasn't on the athletic skills. It was on attitude, effort, and participation. And uh, for many, many, many kids, um, they could do extremely well in PE because they met that. Whereas, uh, you know, there's one student I had in particular, he, he was not a nice person, but he was the athlete. He was the captain of the basketball team. Right. He, <clears throat> right. But his attitude was terrible. So he would get a C plus for me. Whereas, you know, another student who, you know, struggles with the physical part of it would do, would go through a wall, you know, to do anything for uh, another uh, classmate or to uh, prevent a, a, somebody scoring, you know, and that, that, that was it, you know, this is your job and this is how we're going to approach it. 
It seems like it was a, a huge preparation for what you went through down the road. You know, you, you're, oh. you know, you're, you're in, even though you're instilling it in them, but you're also finding like, it's something that you have to use down the road. Like you're now, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ironies to the whole thing. I mean, and I, I know as a person with a disability, sometimes we have to make fun of ourselves, but you know, even the irony for you to, to do something so physical. And now obviously you have trouble getting around. Obviously you still get around and you, you find your ways, but you know, the, the irony of all that, like, but you still find ways to Absolutely. spin it in a positive way, which is so great. Absolutely. When I found out I had MS, I really didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. So for me is read everything I can and learn as much as I can. And I remember, you know, being at in my condominium by myself, you know, staring at the wall and saying out loud, really? A mm. PE teacher has multiple sclerosis? Are you serious? Right. Like, you know, and you're right. The irony is just wild. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's one of those things where you, you either lean in one or two directions or you, you go through both where whether you're like super religious and you just like, really, God, like how much do you really hate me? Or you just kind of, you mm-hmm. laugh it off in a way where it's just like, this is hilarious. Like, what, like who would have mm-hmm. thought of this? And I've, I've gone through that right. with my eyes where I'm just, I'm just, again, maybe not that much of a parallel, but there's certain stuff in my life where I just go like, this is, this is hilarious. You know, like I, like I, I, I have a dark sense of humor, so I've joked about, you know, being an, an organ donor. And I said, the only thing I'm going to donate is my eyes. Like, you know, you just, right. you got to make fun of yourself in a way. Because, yeah, it comes from pain and there's some darkness to it, but it, it helps us get through life because we know life can be rough. And, um, but we, we, we find ways in a, in a beautiful way to, to make, put a twist on it. And we, you know, we try to turn it around into something good. Yeah, absolutely. I will often, often, often say um, in the beginning, um, I was a good person and I liked who I am, who I was mm-hmm. today. I am a great person and I love who I am because I live with MS. That's great. Now, have you, did you, at the time, did you, have you, uh, taught any people with disabilities? Uh, yes. Our school was, uh, complete, uh, integration. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, we, we had, uh, I taught a student who was blind. I taught a student who uh, was a dwarf, as we talked about earlier. Right. I taught a student who could not, had no verbal skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I did some sessional teaching at college and university. Yeah. And even though uh, they were courses for physical education, it was more of a theory course. And even in those courses, you know, I, I would have, uh, or I did have, you know, a student who couldn't hear very, very well. And so I had to wear something around my neck that helped transmit a a louder sound to them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, all those experiences, all of them, you know, have helped make me, uh, a, a person that I, I really like. I really like. Now, how would you go about that? Like, okay, the blind person or what, either one, like, how would you 
find a way to accommodate them because I'm sure you know obviously you have to figure a way to communicate with them and then mm-hmm. you know because you don't want to alienate them either you don't want you're, you don't want to like put them out there and go like hey okay you're blind what do you need because that's that's what a lot of people do they make that mistake and and they you know they they put the spotlight on us and it's like oh god and it, it makes it worse now some are more confident than others but um yeah how did you find right. ways to kind of you know accommodate them and bring them into the fold with you know obviously they have a disability but they they're there so they're going to participate so how do you yeah. so at the school i taught at um students that had a disability started a couple of days later mm. and that, and i would use that time to set uh, the standard for my classes. There was one young man, his name was Jason, and he had Down syndrome. And if I was married at the time, I would have been so thrilled to adopt, to adopt him. I just love this kid. But what I said to my class is, uh, Jason is in our class this year, this year, and I am so excited. And so I just want to kind of let you know what I expect. Um, Jason is a member of our class. Never, ever, ever, ever will he be looking around trying to find a group that will take him. There is not going to be a day goes by where one of you doesn't run up to him and say, come into my group. Jason, we'd love to have you. And because it was that way, I actually had one time kids kind of fighting over (laughs) who Jason was with that day. And it was all in the presentation from me, my expectations, and that, you know, you can learn so much from Jason, and Jason is going to learn to love life and be part of this class, and it's a win-win. And I used that approach with every student that I had in high school. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, there's a there's a bowling team that I, I'm, I'm on a bowling league, and, you know, there's me and one other person on the team that are visually impaired, and the other two are fully abled. But um, there there is one team. Everyone else is just, you know, abled, but the, 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 there's one team that it's all special needs uh, and I think a couple of them have Down syndrome. One has like cerebral palsy, and their their like their energy and their love is so infectious. Uh, I love oh. playing them because they give you hugs and they high five and they just have a good time. Um, and it's just yeah. it's so great to play them because it, it's just you know it's going to be a fun night. And honestly, it's hard because it gets so competitive, but it, you you can't root against them. Like you want to win, but you yeah. don't want to root against them because they're they're just sweet and they're just fun to be around. Yeah, one time our school was asked to host uh, a provincial tournament uh, for people with cerebral palsy, and the sport was bocce. And we had to get some students to volunteer on that Saturday. And when they showed up, they were not comfortable at all. But by the end of the day, they, they just couldn't stop thanking everyone like the experience was so awesome right these kids were high-fiving everybody and you know when when is this going to happen again you make sure that you ask me first you know like it just went from one extreme to the other and it was it was just great to see 
kids' attitudes change, you know, in less than four hours, right? Yeah. It was cool. Yeah, and, and something we talked about off mic, you know, you build a, a rapport and you, you build a relationship with these kids and, and you know, you know, you like, you love a few of them and, and you, you want to see them succeed and, you know, maybe you bump into them later in year, you know, later years, maybe they give you, you know, say a hello on, on social media and just say, hey, I'm doing well and you feel good about yourself. And um, one of the things we talked about is we, we were discussing with mental health and, and you said you knew about 19 kids that you said committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's very disheartening because not only you know, I don't know how I don't think it's very prevalent in in your country, but in our country we also have the damn school shootings, and yeah. So you have that. You have the COVID where these kids don't even know what they what their friends look like anymore because they're all masks. You know, you got bullying, yeah. and you got yeah. you got online bullying. <clears throat> And then you have all the peer pressure that's already with, with teenagers in high school and then attractiveness and, you know, popular and nerdy and all that. And you put that all mm-hmm. together. And then, of course, we get to the main part of it is, is the depression and then the suicide. It, it's it, it's getting worse, too. It, it, it's not and not just in students, but, it, you know, for the, for this particular topic. Uh, it's got to feel really shitty as a teacher just to know not only that 19 of your students are dead, but so many others are just killing themselves because they because of pressure and, and just being different whether they're gay or, or whatever it, it's really it's gotta right. suck absolutely and you know to to really you know um be real with myself you know were there cues what did i miss why didn't i pick up on this right yeah. and uh, you know with Quite a few of them, you know, it was, it, there was uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, yeah. the student we in school was different than the person that was in the community or at home. Right. And it, it breaks my heart. And my high school years, I would, I would go back to high school in a blink of an eye, but not in the year 2022 yeah. I would want to go back to the 70s and 80s and do it again life was simple uh, people were uh, respectful and loving and uh, it was just a different time and place yeah. I feel really, I feel really bad for for the kids who uh, face bullying there was I you know there I can say it. There was no bullying when I was in school because there wasn't. And now, you know, the prevalence is just so concerning. It, it, it's really a lot to, to think about. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's got to be very alarming when, when or just it's got to be it's got to suck when you, when you know a picture comes up on your social media or something that you're someone's passing around a room and like, hey, so and so killed themselves. Like, oh, I taught him seven years ago whatever, yeah. and you know it, it's just like god because you know i i know some students that are no longer around that i went to school with and and just you know i i've, I've talked a few people off the ledge and you know and again i've been there mentally and, and wanted to end it and all that and a lot of times sometimes there isn't signs sometimes there's obvious signs um sometimes it's just you know, like your class could have been like a safe haven. Like it could have been a place where everyone was happy, 
but then the rest of class sucked. Lunch sucked. Like everything right. could have sucked. So even if you right. were doing your part, you were, I mean, there, there's a, there's a chance where you were keeping someone alive just because there's some, they have at least a place to where they can be themselves and be happy, but it, there's nothing that's going to save them from life. Cause especially now in, in the year 2022 and, and many years before that, where you can't escape, you can't go home and just go, ah, I'm, I'm safe because now people are online right. and saying all these horrible things about you. And it just repeats and repeats. Yeah. Yeah. Very exactly. That there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, that that safe bubble uh, was pretty big, you know, when I was uh, a younger person. Uh, it has shrunk a lot in terms of size. And uh, what young people are facing today, you know, didn't exist when I was in school. Yeah, and it's... You know, as you were saying, how people you know, have changed and, you know, kindness is out of the window and people not putting themselves in other people's shoes and, you know, there's a lot of selfishness mm -hmm. and it, it's, it sucks. Um, and there's just this, yeah. like, I think one thing that's been missing for a long time, like I'm in the dating world trying to find a decent girl and people don't talk on the phone anymore. Forget that. People barely text. They just send emojis and, and they shorten their words and like people don't communicate properly. And it, it's right. You know, you could, you know, and that's why I said, like, as a person with a disability, you can be in a room full of people and still feel alone. And it's the same way in the yeah. world of trying to, like, feel like you're trying to get yourself out there and you want to communicate, but people just don't give you any feedback or they, they treat you differently yeah. because you, you land on a side that they don't, you know, whether you're a mass person or an anti mass person or you're a different color or whatever. It's like, it's one of these things right. where it's so cheesy to say, but can we all just get along? And it's just. Yeah but we, we, we can't for some reason. No, the number of people that I have met in the last three years who met their boyfriend or spouse through online dating is super high. It was shocking. Yeah. It was, it was shocking, you know. Um, I have a friend who paid a dating service, $10,000, right? And uh, they they took a huge uh, personality inventory and attitude and everything, and then, you know, set her up on all these dates. And I, I just, I, I can't, I, I just can't even go over there. That's a lot right? of money, jeez. No kidding, right? And, That's not and even going to guarantee you anything. No, she's still single. Oh, <laughs> did nothing. Nothing came of it. Wow. But, yeah. That sucks. My yeah. first date, the man I ended up marrying, we went out for dinner, and he said to me many years after, I was shocked that you ate everything on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we can laugh and joke about it, but that, you know, that's what we did. We went on dates. And we went out and did things, and uh, sure enough, you know. Yeah. Um, how many years were you into your teaching before the, the diagnosis? Mm, I was diagnosed before the end of my first year. Wow. So you didn't even really get a whole lot of time in it. No, I was able to teach PE for five years, and then I got, I got, and uh, 
took uh, a medical leave. And uh, one day a principal at a different school phoned me. I was at my parents and he offered me a job to teach social studies. And, uh, and I took it. And I was at that school teaching social studies for four years, but it was not where I wanted to be. And it was, I was not happy. I was uh, looking out the window at all these kids running around in shorts and white socks, and I wanted to be there. So eventually I just, I just walked away. Yeah, that's so I taught here. What, um, what was it like to get that diagnosis for someone to say like, Hey, your life is like, I mean, I know you said in the beginning, you didn't really understand what it was, but mm-hmm. when you finally kind of could take it all in and, and really understand what you were going through, uh, yeah. What was that realization like? Um, it, it, it was really weird because MS is notorious for its uncertainty and unpredictability and, you know, there are no similarities between people and their symptoms. And, and I had a real hard time with that. Mm-hmm. So when I went to see my neurologist and I'd say, I'd ask him, you know, you've been a neurologist for 20 years. There must be somebody in your case who's kind of like me. How did they end up? You know, and they won't, they won't go there because they don't have an answer. And that, the unknown was the hardest and still is the hardest every day. Yeah, And, and it was uh, concrete, sequential, and I knew exactly what I was doing and these were the steps that I had to do. And uh, that whole approach to living, you know, was gone. Yeah. So spontaneity ceased to exist, um, planning, um, you know, fatigue, I can get fatigued for any reason I don't see it coming, right? I just, I can do everything like I'm supposed to, exercise, eat well, not have any alcohol, and so get, you know, a bout of fatigue at, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. And that, that was the hardest part is the unknown. And I think that because of that, I, uh, I didn't tell people that I had MS. And then I just kind of got to that place, you know, why, why, why am I not telling people? And I didn't advertise it, but if somebody asked, I, I answered. And, uh, yeah, it, it, for somebody who had succeeded, you know, my life was great. I was a valedictorian at university, right? I, I couldn't have asked for a better uh, young adult life. And I was not prepared for any of this. And it rocked my world. It really did. Did you go through the process of what a lot of us do? takes a while to really take in so you go through this like numb numbness where it's like you just kind of go through life and, and a lot of times people around you worry more and then once you get through that that's when kind of the mental health kicks in and you start to get sad and frustrated like you go through this like stage this like metamorphosis stage of, of trying to cope with your disability 
And then somewhere, I mean, a lot of times it takes years, it takes a while, but you get to a place where it's like, okay, this is just normal. It still sucks, but it's normal. Exactly. Yeah, a bingo. Exactly. Uh, To go through, you know, stages, you know, of uh, depression, um, not being realistic, denial, grieving, right? All through all those, eventually to get to a place you know, it took me, you know, over 20 years to get to where I am today. And, uh, you know, it, there were days that it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah. There's but those bad days it, are, are, are kind of, they're very, deb- de- you know, debilitating and they, they take you. And again, this is for any disability that's, that takes over the way it does. And me with visually, I've had some such bad eye days where it's, I might as well have been blind. And I just, I didn't want to get out of bed and I'm just, everything is just my body and like the mental part of it just says, no, screw it. And it's hard to just, you just struggle a lot and you just, it's, it's a real, real battle. And like I said, that's the type of stuff that I always like to talk about because it's not something people see because a lot of us, like you said, you were hiding it to some degree. I could hide mine a little bit because I can see some. I just can't see as well as others. That's why a lot of people will say like, well, you don't look blind. It's like, yeah, because I don't have the dog or the glasses or the cane, Mm -hmm. but I can make do, but that doesn't mean I don't struggle. I, I, you know, it it takes a lot out of me to make it look that way, but I I can do it. And, you know, it's good to kind of, you know, break the fourth wall or, you know, go into, go backstage, if you will, and, and get to know the people and see what they really go through because we go through a lot and a lot of times we don't want to show it, at least especially for the first however many years that we're starting to cope with it ourselves. It's hard to imagine anyone else would accept us. Especially you exactly. as a teacher and too because you, you taught students with disabilities and I'm sure you saw some things of how they were kind of alienated or treated a little differently and now you're one of them. It, it- Exactly. Yeah. And you're right. There were days where it was just so exhausting to try and keep it together that it would have been easy for me to just shut the door, climb in bed and, um, you know, hide for as long as I needed to, because it was, there were days it was unmotivating. I was exhausted and, what's the point and you know blah 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 were you were you married uh, to your husband or did you were you with your husband before ms um so he was the pe teacher i i met him my first year of teaching Mm -hmm. and uh and then five years later we got married so he was my colleague when i got diagnosed with ms and um I credit him uh, significantly uh, with helping me put this whole situation together. One day he, he, he found me crying in the teacher prep room and he asked, do you know why you have multiple sclerosis? And I looked at him and you're kidding, right? He said, I'm not. And I'm going to tell you why. I said, okay, I'm ready. He says, Patty, you have multiple sclerosis because in your past life, you were so great 
you were so great. You were loved. Everything was going your way that the divine had to give you a challenge this time around. Yeah. And that's made a world that for me. Yeah. The reason, really has. the reason why I asked you that, which, which is, that's very, yeah, I, I like that point of what he said. Uh, but the reason why I asked you is, what is it like to have someone see you at your worst and at your best and they stuck with you through the whole thing? Like unconditional it's love, that. which most people don't, uh, there's, there's not most, but, you know, a lot of people don't get to see. Yeah. Um, it It is more than anything I've ever experienced in my life. I know a couple of women online whose uh, partners or spouse walked out, you know, when things got bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful every day, every day. Yeah. That no. he still, still do things together. Yeah. Like I said, that's, it's something else I've, I've focused on a lot where I've had caregivers or people, mothers who have children either died or have disabilities mm-hmm. because you got to focus on those people because they really do matter. They, they impact our lives and, and without them, like it makes life less lonely and it makes life more bearable, especially when we're in at our worst in the darkest times, whether it's mentally or physically, they're there and it, it makes us, it gives us a reason to continue to go on. Because if you're not, if you're checked out mentally, physically, you're probably going to check out too. And and that's you know. that's a really great feeling uh, for you and I to be able to um, give a different perspective or to get to help somebody, um, you know, just get out of their head and just have some peace for a short amount of time so that they know what it feels like to be. Uh, okay with their disability and uh, that's a real important part of what you and I are doing as advocates is giving people who are disabled and who are not disabled uh, the opportunity to be uh, to have a voice to be seen uh, and to uh, contribute you know as much as the next person yeah, we have to do our part and we can't just sit around and just hope for able-bodied people to to save us or, you know, for someone else to come around and change the narrative for us. Like we have to do it, but we have to do it. Like my big thing is like uniting people with disabilities because one problem I have is we, one, we don't support each other enough, but also we, we tend to stick to what we know, which is our condition. We don't, we don't venture out. And I'm not saying we shouldn't focus on our, like that should be our main focus, which is our problem, our body part, whatever it is that we're being ailed by. But we should venture out. We should, you know, support other parades and, and other movements in the disability community because they're they're at the same level as us and, and we, we have to support each other. Just same like with people with special needs. Like there are people that actually like mothers and, and that go out and support them, but we should support them as well because they're a part of our community. Right. You know, it's... We are all I agree. so many of us and we actually could make real change if we actually stood together. But, you know, and that's why I like some of these movements of like disability pride month, things like that, that are showing us in a good light. And, you know, like just talking about like with your husband, like it's showing like, oh, it's not all bad to be a disability or to have a disability. Like there are some great things about it. And we, we have to show that, too. We can't just show the pain, but we, we have to show that, too, because that that is there. But you can't 
you can't yeah. leave out everything because then it does seem bad. And that's why, and then you'll see these kids that will get overwhelmed by something and especially with a disability. And it's like, yeah, they might want to kill themselves because all they hear is, Oh God, it sucks. And it's like, yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it. There's not bad days. There are. Um, no, exactly. Yeah. But, and I yeah. think go ahead, go ahead. part of the women that I speak to is I'm not saying it was a cakewalk for me. Right. And I'm not discounting any of your struggles. But what I am saying is I recognize the importance of having a positive frame of mind as much as I can. That is what's really helped me to move forward is the way I, I think about life and the way I think about myself. And, uh, you know, that mindset is huge. And so if I can help anybody out there, you know, make even the, the smallest ship to start with, you know, yeah. you as well, we've done our job, right? Right. Um, before we kind of get into the positive things and the things you're getting into just more, a little more today, uh, can you, can you like explain how MS affects you just like on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Yes. I walk with a limp and um, I have dropped foot. That's not what so I heard, by the way. I heard you were a drunk. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> That's what I've heard. I'm right? not telling you who told me. I'm just saying. Right, right. Forget what I'm saying. Um, so, no, I, you know what? That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I stub my toe a lot, and uh, so I get launched forward. So I, I fall regularly and uh uh the fatigue some days is is difficult my first symptom was double vision in my right eye and that has never gone away so i have a prism in my right lens of a of my glasses so i have single vision but when i take my glasses off i see two of everything and uh not so good when you're driving a car and you're approaching uh, other cars, but great when you're about to have some chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, fatigue, foot drop, the limp, the depression. Right. Um, yeah. But it, but it seems like you're in a much better place, though, when from where you started with it or even, you know, some years back it seems i mean the depression is going to be that you're going to have days but if i had to take a guess and this is i'm speaking for myself but i could take a guess with you the days that you're depressed now aren't months and they're not weeks they're not even days a lot of times it's a few hours or it may be and it may be a day but you wake up the next morning and you still find a reason to go on exactly yeah it's 180 degrees for me and um so much of, you know, who who were with me in the beginning. Uh, you know, I could have went either way, right? I could have thrown in the towel mm-hmm. or I, I could have, or I, but I chose to live a good life and, and be the best that I can. It took a long time to get here, but the support I had from family and friends, you know, and figuring things out for myself has been you know, a, a huge, important part of growing 
you know, I've lived longer with MS than I have without. So, you know, that there's a lot of learning that happened. Yeah. No, I, I posted something on Instagram the other day just because I was just feeling good. My eyes weren't bothering me too much. I mean, they, for me. And mentally, mm-hmm. I was feeling good. It was just a nice day out weather-wise. And I just posted, you know, something to the effect of uh, I'm just appreciating being alive today. Because it's like there, mm-hmm. there's there's a there's been a lot of days where I didn't, and there's a lot of days where if I'm feeling good mentally, I'm not feeling good physically, or vice versa. And if I'm if I yep. if if it all aligns, it's like okay, I'm just gonna just enjoy this day, and and just be happy, and and you know, it, it, you just you got to, and uh, like I have reasons to be sad, I have reasons to be angry, I have reasons for a lot of this stuff. You know, I have a lot of trauma that's been put on me beyond just my disability, but I, you got to try to appreciate those days where you can actually smile. It it sounds corny and all, but it's, it's it's really the truth. Right. And you have every right to have everybody. It doesn't matter if you have a disability or not. Everybody has that right to have uh, a a downtime. It's what you do, right? As a result of it. You know, do you continue on that path of going down, 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 down? Mm. Or, you know, are you going to learn from that and really make a decision that I don't want to live this way? You know, I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect living with MS. I'm going to be real about living with MS. And part of it is doing the best I can on the days that I can. Yeah. Well, I don't care if you're drunk or not. I would love to be your friend. And if you have any depressed days, if you want someone to talk to, I'm always here. All righty. We have a uh, virtual handshake happening here. All right. I'll tap tap the microphone. Um, here we go. No, that's great. Yeah, but I, I do mean that. Not even I'm joking, but in a way. But yeah, if you ever need someone to talk to when you're just feeling like shit, trust me, I'm I'm here anytime. Um just All right. I know, I you know, know what? I know what it's like. And that goes such a long, long way. And, you know, I, I really appreciate people who are struggling with any kind of disability. Like, I find them to be very authentic, very real. Yeah. Um, and not trying to portrayed that they have the best life and they're rich and they're good looking and all, you know, everything is great. I, it, it's not worth my effort to, to even think about doing that because I know what will happen if I try. And that is I'll, I'll just burn myself out and things will get worse. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. I, authentic, authenticity is something I, I care about so much because you know, and I've said, I've said this so many times, but when I come, when I first started really talking about mental health on the podcast and I was sharing all the things I've been through, the bullying and molestation and all the shit I went through, I obviously I didn't, I have, I don't want to hold you to a certain standard and me not share all my stuff. And then, right. So there's that, but it was also just like, I wanted to impact and help people as much as I could. And I didn't want to, you know, I wanted people to understand, like I said at the end of the episode, by no means am I out of the woods. This thing, I, I'm, it, I have to treat it like an addict. I'll probably mm-hmm. always have my depression. 
I will always have some, yeah. a little bit of anxiety or PTSD, but I can try to make my life as good as I can. And it's getting better. It really is. And I, but again, I, I like to, especially on like Instagram and stuff like that. I like to show certain days where I'm not feeling it. Cause I don't want people to just think I'm this happy go lucky person who talks about mental health because there's a lot of people out here that say, I have experience in mental health field, the field, but I don't have mental health yeah. myself. And it's like, I'm sorry, right. even if you know people and you've seen how they act and all that, that's not enough experience because the experience from, and again, I think disability is a little different because parents really are the closest thing to us as far as how they feel it, uh, especially mothers. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I think I lost my train of thought, but I, I really feel like if you're going to talk, especially when it comes to stuff like mental health or homelessness or addictive issues that I've had on people I've had on, I want them to have mm -hmm. had the experience because it, the people who are struggling with it currently cannot, they're not going to, they're not going to feel like you really can understand them on a level of, you know, like a hundred percent. They've, you know, they still are weary of, of, of listening to you because they don't think you know them, like how a person who is going through it or did go through it. Um, and, and, you yeah. can, and you can never talk down to them. You can never like, you can't forget where you came from. Like I'll never forget nearly dying. I'll never forget. You know, I still remember some of the days that I could see. I just don't remember what it's like, like the visual aspect of it. But I remember the times. I remember how happy of a kid I was and my life was flipped upside down. But I, I, yeah. you know, I remember the darkest days of wanting to die. But I also remember the good mm -hmm. times. And, and, you know, but if you don't share all that, like I said earlier, if you don't, if you leave out certain details, like that one person that's holding on by a thread and they feel like they're alone, if you don't share those specific details, they think they're the only one. And it's like, why? When everyone, no one, no one cares. I'm, I'm alone. I'm the only person. And it's not true. And it's like, that's why we have to be a voice and speak up for, for those people. Yes. And, and that's huge. That is huge to chat with some of the women that I have chatted with who feel completely misunderstood and alone. Mm -hmm. Um, to be part of a community of other women with MS has been uh, life-changing for some of them because uh, the, the women are real and they're accepting and they're honest and they never discount anybody's feelings about anything, whether it's related to MS or not. And, and that's huge. You said that, you know, there might be that one person out there who feels so alone, but I am trying to whitewash my experience to make it, oh, it's not that bad, just pull up your socks, you can do it. You know, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. the hair standing up on my arms because I, I just, uh, that bothers me when people think that. Um, your 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 life is uh, great because that's a persona that you convey every time you're out in public. But in behind closed doors, you're a different person. Nobody knows that. That it's not helping me or anybody else out there who needs to know they are not alone. Right. Yeah, and that's why, like I said with you earlier, like saying that I, I, you know, if you need someone to talk to, I'm not telling you that I'm not a mess and I don't have my issues either. But it's like I, 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 I 
thrive in helping people. Um, but you know, that's the kind of the genuineness, uh, you know, I, and I hate talking nice about myself, but it's it, the one, one of the good qualities that I really do have is being genuine because I, I, I always will, any person, especially with a disability, I automatically will have some sort of love and care for them because I know what it's like to be them. And I know what it's like to struggle, even if it's not the same condition. And, um, yeah. and there's yeah. a lot of parallels. There's a lot of connections that go back and forth and you, you, you know, you can, you don't have to know what it's like to have a vision problem to know what it's like, you know, cause at one point I had no skin. So I know what it's like to be in right. agonizing pain. You know, I've been through many right. surgeries and all that. And, um, you know, so it, it's, but it's just good to know someone out there gives a shit about you and someone actually like really, even if you don't take the person up on the offer, it's good to know someone actually is like, okay, I have someone to call who isn't going to judge yeah. me. And that's very, that's right. very hard and to I find. That, and I offered that back to you as well is, you know, uh, I'm a phone call away or a text message away or whatever. And uh, that Appreciate in itself, him is is important right yeah when somebody say that to you uh i'm here for you it doesn't matter what you need or what time it is um you know if you if if i can help in any way you make sure that i'm on your speed dial and uh so you make sure that you know you don't lose no, absolutely not. I mean, I, I, I continue, like it, it gets harder because I interview so many people and again, I'm not, I don't keep in contact with all of them because some of them are just doing it just to promote a book or just to share their story and they don't want to be friends and mm-hmm. that's okay. But I, so many of them I have, and I, I try to keep in touch with everybody, whether, the, whether their episode is mm-hmm. out already or their episode is not coming right. out for a couple of months. I try to just, you know, and some people are more worse off than others. And some people are, yeah. you know, different stages, you know, maybe I'm in a better place than them or they're in a better place than me. It just, but it doesn't matter how they are, what stage they are in their life. They still could have rough days, whether it's physically or mentally. And so you just, you got to care because it matters um, because right. we, we get, we get lost in our own shitty thinking where we tend to reverse back to old habits and we go, okay, I'm ugly again, or I, I suck. And it's like, no, it's not right. necessarily the case, but sometimes you need those days just to kind of take it out on yourself as long as you don't actually physically hurt yourself or whatever. But sometimes you need the days to just to fight yourself, just to just to get it out of the way. It's like crying. Like yeah. You need to cry. It, it's productive. Even though you shouldn't cry over the most random things, but there's nothing wrong with crying. No, no, you're, you're right. And, you know, for me to think that... Uh, you know, the podcast is is the only way that I can get my message out and is the only way that I want to connect with people. If I really, really believe that, I would not be very happy with myself right. because the podcast is a vehicle, but what's important to me is the person, right? Mm-hmm. So whether you're in Pennsylvania or Vancouver or Edinburgh, Scotland, it doesn't really matter where you are. It's it's the feeling, it's the connection, it's the reality, it's the honesty, and that's really what it's all about. And I didn't even tell you that I'm in Pennsylvania, because I am. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I saw it. Oh, you looked I it up, okay. Most- she cheated. <laughs> I did. That's okay. I've been known 
been known to do that every that's all right then. you can stalk me or cheat <laughs> that's fine no worries um so what, what what are you what is like your goals for like the future and, and you know like is there some things you're working on do you want to write a book or yes um so i'm on a mission to give a tedx talk i really really want to do that i want to um when people think about or hear the word MS or multiple sclerosis, I want their next sentence to be, you need to look up this lady in Canada. Her name is Patty Bevilacqua, and she, you need to, to learn about her. And, and that's what I want. I want my name to be synonymous with MS. And I want to... Um, be a vehicle for change for all people who deal with any kind of chronic challenge or chronic obstacle. It doesn't have to be a physical or mental disability. It could be um, I lost my train of thought now. Okay. Uh, so I, I want to be bigger and better yeah. than what I am now. Yeah, well, I, you know, and again, I, I'm always huge on representation, and, and obviously you represent chronic illness and MS very well, but, you know, you represent women, you represent, hell, Canadians, you represent people with disabilities, and you know, it's good that you're, you know, mm -hmm. you're articulate and, and you're eloquent, and you just, you have, you know, and it's good that you're positive, too, because it, it means something, because I always said, like, I don't, I understand the people that are super negative and are really sad because like i said that's one of the stages we really go through and i yeah. i get that but i don't want that because i don't want to to put the message out there that like every one of us are unhappy and that it sucks and again it does i, I want people to know that it does suck but it also there's some really great things that come from this and you know like i said you're a very great example of, of what a person with a disability can overcome and and, and make it work for them that is so important, you know, is, um, you know, I often will, or I have been known to say, you know, I have to have a bad day just to make me honest about, you know, who I am and what I live with. And when I talk on a podcast or on an interview uh, or, you know, on the radio or whatever, um, I am by no means saying it's easy. Yeah. I yeah. am not saying that. But I'm saying, what I am saying is uh, you have a choice mm -hmm. and um, there's lots of things that you, you, can, you need to experience and understand about yourself and others and the world to be able to get to the place where I am today. Right? It took me a long time to get here. Right, exactly. I have one more question, but I, I want you to, and it's actually a, kind of a favor slash question, but before I ask you that, is there anything you have to promote? Um, I have a amazing Facebook community, and it's called MS, stands for Mindset Shift. Okay. My Twitter, no, my Instagram handle is Fearless with. MS. I will follow you. Mm -hmm. And what is yours? 
uh, at my blurred opinion. All righty. Um, and I wrote a chapter in a book called Absolute Will that is available on Amazon. It's 21 women from seven different continents or sorry, countries. Mm-hmm. And we have all faced a struggle but have come out the other end uh, being a better person and serving others. And uh, so if you're looking for a, a really good inspirational read, check out Absolute Will. Absolutely. That's awesome. So um, before we kind of wrap up here, I have, I have a question kind of slash favor. So I, I realize, um, so I, I've talked about the other side of my family. I have a, my sister's half Puerto Rican and, and we grew up in this different culture and, you know, I'm a white guy, but I grew up with this different culture and, and, you know, we kind of, some of us lost some touch cause I moved away and whatever. And I recently found out that, um, one of my cousins on that side of the family has MS and he's at the stage where he's really feeling like down and low and, and really just, it, I, I was talking to him the other day and it's the first time I talked to him in years and I'm, I'm trying to keep in contact with him and check him out and just make sure he's okay. Uh, if I ever give you his contact information, can you talk to him? Um, I would like you, uh, absolutely. And what I want you to do is give him my email address and my cell number. Okay. And that way he can contact me when, when he is ready right, or right. wants to talk to me. Absolutely. Okay. Hands down. I and really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Cause I, I want him cause I can only speak to him from a person with a disability and, and a person who goes through some chronic pain here and there, but I wanted somebody who, is going through what he's going through. And again, I'm sure it's some, maybe it's affecting him a little different than you, yours, but you know, he does have MS and, and he's, I really feel sorry for him because he was a very physically active person. He was really good at pool and he was just a very, you know, motivated and happy go lucky person. And now talking to him, like all he wants to do is sit around and, and watch Netflix. Cause he feels like that's the only thing he can do. And, and I'm trying to tell him that's not, yeah. that's not it, but, you know, I think it might, and you know, I know he cares about me, but I think it might come, it might mean more coming from a person who actually has the same condition as him. It is my pleasure. I, Absolutely. I really, really appreciate it. Like I said, I, I just, I just thought of, I just thought about it cause I told you about my grandfather, but I also have another person in my life that family related who has MS <laughs> and you know, he's currently struggling. So, uh, I really yeah. do appreciate yeah. it. And, um, is there, is there anything else you want to cover? Cause otherwise we're, we're done. Yeah, I just want to uh, say to all the amazing people who are listening to this podcast uh, is, uh, you know, uh, reach out and, um, you know, don't feel like, you know, you're in this all by yourself or you've lost so much that there's no going back to anything better. Um you know, there are people out there who do understand and there are people out there who are genuinely interested in helping you get past uh, the obstacle that you're currently facing. And uh, so whether it be you or me or anybody, if you really are having a really difficult, tough time and you need some assistance, Please reach out to whoever you think uh, 
whoever you want to and uh, don't go through this alone. Yeah. I, I want I want to stress this even more that, like I said, I mean, we, we kind of went back and forth in the messages. Like we met, I guess, message wise a couple of days ago, but like she gave me her number and you know, she messaged me on Podmatch about dates and all that. And I just texted her and I just said, as far as dates, I'm very flexible. And, and, you know, if you want to do it now, we can just do it now. And, and she said, yeah. And, and now we're talking like as if we've known each other for a long time. So it, it's really important to, to reach out and really to try to, to navigate and, and get yourself out there. Because if you do, you can meet amazing people. And I met so many on the show and here's another one. So like I said, this is not a person that I, I known, I've known for a long time. There's a person I've known for, right. for an hour or hour and a half or whatever. <laughs> Right. The, the feelings around the connections uh, speaks volumes, right? You, you, you knew and I knew instantly, you know, when you said we can do it right now. And, and then I wrote back and said, let's do it. You know, that, that really kind of put you and I uh, in a place where, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty similar in terms of, you know, our beliefs and, and how we go through our life. And uh, I am a firm believer that things happen for a reason. So uh, thank you. I am I am very grateful to have this conversation with you. Me too. Like I said, this stuff really impacts me and, and, and helps me with my mental health. It helps me just, it gives me another thing to be, to smile about. And, you know, obviously making another friend is always good, but just, you know, knowing that there's another fighter or survivor out there that is just pushing the envelope and, you know, doing what's yeah, right. And, I, yeah. and I feel exactly the same way uh, about you as well is, uh, you know, you are, you are doing that uh, every day. Right. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. Well, I, yeah. Here. yeah I, I appreciate you having, having you on and you, you're an amazing guest and great person and, uh, we'll talk soon and we can talk more, just get to know each other and, you know, but without the recording. I look forward to that. I really do. Okay. And, uh, I will, uh, keep all your information Same here. in my roller decks and, uh, yeah, let's continue, uh, the conversation. Absolutely. Thank you again. And, uh, you know, you have a good night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. What a sweet woman. That just like that. That's this type of stuff where you like. I'll be honest. When I said like, let's do it, I was playing a game. Um, if you must know, again, I like to just give you all. I like to just let you in too much. <laughs> uh, it's called flow, and I'm sure a lot of people know it has a little. It's just like little dots, and you got to connect them through the lines. But eventually, it gets harder because you got to, you know go around each other and it's it, it, whatever it, it's a it's a fun little game just to make you know use your mind and just kind of get through just just to distract yourself i guess anyway so i'm just playing that and i'm i'm texting her like hey you want to do this and i'm it, i'll be honest there's like was a, was a small part of me i was like yeah i don't know i'm just being lazy but her just her energy and her you know enthusiasm i'm just like let's do this and again, we just, we talked for like 10 minutes, maybe before we'd be jumped on here. And I am so happy we did it and what a great person. So, uh, yeah, makes me feel good. And I'm going to go actually go check on another person. One of my friends that I've had on the show, um, just cause I haven't talked to her in a while and just want to make sure she's, oh, excuse me, 
that snuck up on me again. Um, but yeah, I just want to make sure uh, I'm a pig. Uh, I'm trying not to be, guys. I'm sorry. But Bullet is here. He's looking cute. Let me see if he wants to contribute. Want to contribute? There you go. He contributed. I, I mean, he, he did more than I could have ever done on this show. Thank you, Bullet. You really are the man. You are the shit. You know that? You really know that? You're the furriest shit ever. Oh, you're just adorable. He's showing his little belly. Um, yeah, animals are my weakness, guys, if I haven't said that already. I, it just, yeah, he melts me all the time. Like, a, I'm just such a pussy, but yeah, he just does. Ah, little cutie. Um, but I, unfortunately, I do cheat on him from time to time because I love other animals, too. He's just the only one I have. But other animals, when I see them, it's like, oh, my God, oh, little puppy. Um, even a little turtle, whatever, rabbit, just... You know, I love big cats. That's my thing. It's my jam, as the kids say. Do they still say that, Bullet? I don't think they do. Uh, anyway, let's wrap this up because I'm just being silly now. Um, but, yeah, it's like I said, what a great person. I'm glad to have her on. And, you know, uh, it just was a great conversation. And, like I said, I'm going to go check on my friend. And I hope you guys, you know, like I said before, check on a person that you know that, that matters to you. And just, just, just check on to see if they're okay because you might hit them at a time when they're not. And you may you may have helped them. Um, it matters. It really does. Trust me. I, I know. I've been looking at my phone many times where I was just I want someone to text me or call me because I'm just so sad, so just you know frustrated, and angry, and um, you know I just wanted a friend. So or just a, a hello. How you doing? So. Uh, look out for each other, guys. I know it's corny, but so much shit is going on in the world, and it's a lot of bad stuff. So uh, here, here for another episode of putting some good energy out there, I hope. And uh, you guys take care. I love y'all, and uh, see you next week. Bye, guys. Get out of here. Bye, guys.